Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. We do a lot of interviews with EDM artists, pop artists, rappers, and people in the industry, letting you know what they do behind the scenes. Also, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter through the handle Sidewalk Talk Show. Hope you guys enjoy. Hi, this is Lauren Engel of Sidewalk Talk. Today I'm here with Wales. Hey. <laughs> so you were initially born in, how do you say it? Ashdod? Ash- Ashdod, yeah. Ashdod. <laughs> I mean, technically I was born in Rehovot, which yeah. is like the hospital is there, but I mean, I was born and raised in Ashdod. Yeah. Which was pretty kind of. How do you describe it? Mm-hmm. How do you describe it? Uh, extreme, I, I believe, because it's not a bad place, but. It's not nice to be eight years old and then like, you know, one day you wake up and there is sirens and, you know, bombs and rockets are falling in your house, oh but gosh. it's all good. I mean, I've experienced that. I mean, the whole kind of things in Israel was the like, toughest thing for me, because I would just be a normal kid and then the world started and when I was like eight, I believe, after it ended, it was like a three months run of like rockets and shit. I saw my dad mom they sent me and my sister to Germany to my family so we don't have to like experience this thing at such mm-hmm. a young age and it was kind of I guess it was too late because when I came back I just started to experience some really high amount of stress and, like anxiety at a really young age and I was sure that you know life is just like that because when you experience something that hard and you're that young you just feel it like all right so life is about whoa life is about like bad people that's trying to kill you and like you know my army killed them they tried to kill me and I like I today know that it's not actually that bad because we have this like battery and all those things and I mean rockets barely fall when they threw them because we like developed like some techniques to you know fix that But in the past, every rocket they would send will just fall and like, you know, one time I live like in a building in the, in the middle of a city and like even the like, my street name is City. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really ironic. So it fall like in the building, I think behind my building and I hear the loudest thing I've ever like. Oh my gosh. It was so bad. And I was like under the table because we would just like, you know, we would have fun. My mom would like set all those blankets. And we would like just lie in the, on the floor with my sister and play and do kid stuff. I would just try to like come back to my room as, po- as soon as possible so I can, you know, be, in, be on my PC. But once I was like ready to go out and then I felt a really bad noise and the, like the ground shaked. Oh and I live in a really like big building so it was like holy, you know. I've never experienced anything like that in my life. So, after this whole thing ended, I just started to experience anxiety and fear, just general fear of life. And then I started to experience ticks. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, ticks. And it took another, like, three years until I actually went to a doctor, like a neuropist, like, like you know, just a doctor that messed with uh, the neurologic system. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, yeah, I mean, it's obvious, you know, you just have Tourette's. What age did you start getting Tourette's? Tourette's? I mean, I believe that, like, after the war, like, after 2008, when we had, like, the sirens, I started to, like, have a little ticks, 
and be really anxious about stuff and I will like cry all the time and be really bad but nobody will understand what's wrong and then I will get really bullied and like you know I will get really outside everything and I will be really different so my mom tried to see what's going on with me in general like why I'm acting like that because I was a kid and like I would just stay and do like computer stuff all day and not I would go outside but I didn't have any friends so I would just go play with myself play like a basketball or football just take a ball and like play with myself and then come back so my mom thinks that I have a mm -hmm. like social life kind of so you were playing basketball with some older people right like 30 yeah. year olds yeah. yeah so it's really about like I would go by myself and sometimes I would see like really ho like old homeless people like the creepy ones and I will just be like, alright, I mean, I don't have anyone else, so we'll just play. Luckily, nobody ever, like, damaged me or, like, did anything bad to me. But I do remember myself, like, a few times running out of, like, because they would try to get really close. And, like, you know, oh, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's, let's buy a slushie. Let's, like, do those things. And I was like, no, I just want to play and go home. And there were a few times, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Those, yeah. So, I was doing that. And my mom took me to the, this like new job, like, you know, there. So, I would go to this guy and he would like be like, I would swear always, all the time, just be like, you know, all the swells. And nobody would understand why I swear so much. I mean, like, I was playing video games and doing computer stuff, but it wasn't like healthy. I would just like get attached to like bad walls. I would like say them and feel good about it. So my mom went to check it and then he started to ask me questions and I would answer like yes, 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 and yes. Because there was some stuff that you can realize that you have something like, for example, with the OCD, I've used to like, I still do, before I go sleep, I have like a kind of thing that I have to like put this in this place, this in this place, and like this there and this there. And only if I do that, I can like fall asleep. So, you know, I started to have that and then develop like more of those things. It means like, I've started to waste a lot of time every day just trying to like relax my OCD. So it started to get really bad. And we went, he was like, yeah, you have Tourette's and like OCD and like uh, ticks. And I was like, all right, I don't give a shit. I just want to go back and play some, you know, video games, listen to some music and stuff like that. Because I've, I've already like made music by they diagnosed me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it was my everything. It was yeah. my game kind of. I would just like escape everything and just go and make music. Going back a bit, like what, what's your parents' job? Alright, so my mom is doing like office job. I mean, she's a really strong and great woman. Mm -hmm. But she's always been more about like... She always tried to bring us the best life. I mean, my parents are divorced. And I'm in a really good relationship with my mom and dad. And like, we all great. But my mom never like could manage to do a really her own thing. So she just like does an office job and she's a really lovely person. So whatever my mom is, she's always loved and accepted because she always tried to bring good to people. And I appreciate that. Like mm -hmm. I really adore it that my mom always like wherever she is, she always try to put the best out of it. Yeah. And my dad, he all like a computer business. Mm -hmm. So for me, that, that's why I've used to like mess with computers and electronic devices since a really young age. because. Mm -hmm. I would see my dad walk on his computer all day, like, you know, all night because he wasn't in the job at the daytime. And then be like, damn, I want to be like that. I'm like, I want to touch all those electronic devices. And really, I've used to take a lot of like calculators that doesn't work, 
just like you know broken stuff mm -hmm. and just like pretend like I'm hacking some stuff I just was <laughs> weird as fuck I would believe that I had like inside my head this like I never told this to anyone but it's a gr great like place mm -hmm. so I believe that I have a TV show my life is a big TV show <laughs> and I'm the ma main character and like everything that happens to, to me in my life is like I control it with some weird like remote that doesn't work and like it was really weird but I don't know I just was a really weird kid I guess I was really off the chain I've never been normal and I, I had like a really serious learning problem problems mm -hmm. I could not talk so they took me to the stake I don't know how you call it in English but she tells you like do, do this like and do this and do that so you can mm -hmm. talk more clearly that's why today even in my English it's really hard for me to like spell the L and the those things mm -hmm. and it's not even an accent thing it's just like <laughs> I'm like that in all languages I can speak like Russian Hebrew oh, wow. English some German some French because I had so many like shows in and like I had Geneva in Switzerland I had like few shows in France few shows in Montreal so I've learned to like talk some mm -hmm. really nice roles while this time what kind of music were your parents playing in the house when you were growing up? And where do you think you got your creative side? Alright, so it's really like, clear to me because my dad used to listen to like rock and metal, like Rammstein and you know, some stuff like this. Is that popular in Israel? Or is he just um, It's just my special? dad, yeah, it's not too popular. Like usually in Israel it's like, so whatever was popular in the US, after like a decent six months it's become popular in, in Israel. Yeah. So they like listen to the same things as here, just in a delay, a really massive delay. And there is, of course, obviously, the, like Middle Eastern music, which is the we call it Mizrahit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So some people listen to that, but we never like connected as a family to that kind of music. So my mom would listen to pop music, like you know all the MTV stuff and all the hits, and my dad would listen to like hip hop, like Eminem. I remember him listening a lot, like Eminem and rock, which is really everything from Led Zeppelin to Radiohead to like heavier stuff like Rammstein and you know even like some Russian and German rock oh, wow. like metal so it's really heavy who, who did you start listening to when you first found EDM? EDM? yeah I mean I used to listen before you used to listen to EDM I used to listen to just like really punkish emo stuff Linkin Park Blink 182 uh, from like Panic at the Disco all those things I would be like the old like you know casual emo I also had this like this thing and I would wear beanies and fans when I was like seven. Yeah. So I will do that, but when it comes to EDM, I think I would get into EDM really early by Prodigy. Because my dad would, li would listen to Prodigy and I would love all those like electronic sounds. And my dad used to listen to like another French guy, like Jean something, which I can't remember his name, but I always had that kind of sound around me. So it started with the Prodigy and then all this like really early due to Dutch music in like two, no, 2009 when like I think Rehab and like really like old DJs they would like put DJ before the name and upload that to YouTube in really bad quality will just like make remixes and put those like really high due, due to Dutch noises in songs and call it a remix so we started there and then like you know it all developed until I think 2009 like 2010 when I found about dubstep because there was a guy in my country I forgot his name but he used to like do some dubstep and 
I would find all those like Caspa, all the like SpongeBob tune that like the really old one. I forgot where it comes from, but like really old shit until discovered drum and bass. And when I discovered drum and bass, it was like, all right, so I have drum and bass. I have like early dubstep, not early, but you know, early kind of UKF dubstep, early kind of glitch hop and those things. And also like the really heavy electro house. So I would listen to that and I would like every week go and just check those channels because they will have like a weekly uploads. So I will do, just try to do all I can to find more and more music. And I will dig every hole in YouTube just to find anything like, anything that's electronic. I would not mind how it sounds, but I just want to hear more and more and more of that. And that's how like, I could educate myself to learn more about more genres. And that's why I believe I make so many different types of music right now. Mm -hmm. Because I'm really, I'm really bad with genres. I make whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And what was the EDM scene in Israel back then? Um, like, there back then? Yeah. So... Are you like, are you like one of the few EDM producers well, there? Well, I mean, right now, there is a lot of producers, like a lot. I, I had a master class, like, I think, two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And it's a place of like 80 people capability and like 500 kids registered for that. And it's a lot because Israel is small, so we had that. And I believe that the scene in Israel right now is bigger than it's always been. Because, you know, like people are just like developing this thing everywhere. So it affects Israel. But back in time, it used to be like, I was too young to understand it. But they had like all those like, so... I think in 2012, Pogo will release the decision track, Miley Cyrus, right? Mm -hmm. And then, because he's Israeli, and he's, it was a really good track. And it reached a really big amount of like people around the world. So people would like, start seeing Bogo as, alright, I mean, there is this thing. And he brought dubstep to the table in Israel. Then they started to have those like monthly parties, or like weekly parties. I don't know too much about that, because I was like 12, 11. But they would bring Schism, they would bring Flux Pavilion and like really big, like Dr. P, really big acts to play in Israel. And they would like sell out events like it's pop music. Oh wow. Yeah. That's cool. And then I think in 2013, like, yeah, around like 2012, because my first show was in like the end of 2012, when I was 12. Yeah. So <laughs> when I started to have shows, it's when the scene started to kind of like go down and down. Oh. And I started like... So I believe that like the big parties stopped at 2012. And then when I had my like... When I started to have shows, it will be just like... Kids that left from those parties. And then those kids will just grow up and in like two years it just stopped. In 2014, those like parties just stopped. Like... Nothing. Yeah. So, we are like... I think two years without any events. I mean, I would play some stuff, but that's because I've been doing like really big stuff in like, you know, in outside Israel. So I would like manage to get like some offers, but just like hundred kids. But the thing about Israel is like people will listen to the music. There will just not be people that make the parties and the events. So then in 2016, a company called Basecamp. They pumped and started to like make those really small parties and like underground in those basements and slowly they grew and I started like taking a part and playing with them. And now they do really big stuff. Like they booked Vishara out Belly Alive, Oliver's.
like even like Jaws, Nightmare. Oh, wow. So yeah, so right now it's like at its peak when it comes to bass music. But EDM in general, they really like in Israel the big acts like Marshmallow, the Chainsmokers. I haven't played before them in Israel for like 15,000 people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really dope. They're really nice people. Actually, I appreciate yeah. them. Yeah. Actually, going back a bit, like you quit out of school, right? Like yeah. you got your. I mean, so I didn't really quit out of school. We all just like realized that I could not just keep doing what I did, which was. I had so many takes, I could not shower alone. I was struggling with eating alone. I have this image of in my head of like me eating like, you know, just like the cereal. Mm -hmm. And I will just like do this and everything will just fall down. And I need to clean this shit. And I can't because I can't see anything because my ass will be like this every like all the time. So I had to like do this thing to mm -hmm. open them. And my ass will always be red. And people was making fun of me. When they will see me, oh, you smoke weed, you do drugs. No, I just can't see. I just can't see. Mm -hmm. So I remember that. And we kind of like, it was a really difficult time. And back in time, it was 2015. My mom took like, you know, some days off work just to take me for like, just make me some really fun days because I would be in such a terrible place, like a really bad place. And she took me to a movie, to the pool, tried to like make me a really fun, few days mm -hmm. and then I realized that's one of my like favorite artists back in time I still love him but you know back in time he was my hero he came to Israel so it's Savant you hear about him yeah yo so Savant came to Israel to play with infected mushroom because there was like they were walking together and I would see that and Savant used to be really my hero because he has the Savant syndrome so for me it was like he struggled and still managed to make it so big and I struggle and <laughs> I'm about to die. So I really appreciated what he did with his life. Not just music, but his life in general, because it will be for me just inspiration of like, well, you can actually manage to deal with problems and still make big things happening. So I was in a really bad place. And for me, it was like a place of like, I'm just gonna like do whatever I want or I'm gonna die because if I will not leave right now, I will never leave. So I just try to get any way to talk with, like, you know, get to Savant in some way. And my mom would call the Israeli people and be like, oh, like, we need help, my son needs to see him. And, but they would be like, I'm sorry, like, we are sorry, like, we can't help it. So I would try to use all the connections I had. And, like, I had a track with, like, a million views. And I had some, like, really, I had a small name back in time. So I will try to talk with my friend Sultan, he's from Iran. And I remember that the Savant manager used to manage him too. So I'll be ju just like, is there any way you can help me talk with Savant, talk with his manager? And he was like, yeah, just talk, talk with this guy, Josh, which is my manager right now. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> so I was sending him like, I think it was like around 9,000 messages on Facebook because it was like two months ahead. Yeah. And I was just like, send messages four times, five times a day, just so I get a response. And even if, if it was a no, <clears throat> for me there wasn't a no answer for this situation. I would just do anything I can to make it happen. So I would go to the show and I, will, I, was man like, I managed to kind of like meet him. I was going to like all down and I had a friend which was the videographer of the place. So he took me to the backstage area and then 
one of the like artists went in and called was is there anything called Josh and like Alex and he brought them out and we hanged for like a minute I was crying and being excited and I came back home after the show I didn't even stay for the show because I was really bad so I need to head home my mom came with me so I came home I took a shower by myself after like a few months of really struggling and I went to sleep and before I fall asleep I was like I feel so good and like I haven't felt that good for like such a long time and for me it was like well maybe I can be someone's hero someday so I just decided that I'm gonna push the music thing like not into a career but just like keep making music because I never had this goal of like I want to be rich I want to I wanna like be in LA and play shows I never even thought about that so I just kept doing that thing Four months later, I just like played in Paris when I was 15. How did you get to BPM? So how did I get to BPM? I just left school, and I was sitting in this place, and they asked me. So I didn't leave school. I just like they free me because of my state, my health statement. So they asked, "What are you gonna do now?" And I was like, "I'm gonna do. I'm going to this college." And I, I stated I'm going, but <laughs> I never like checked anything. I just tried <laughs> to pull off something. So then my mom was like, "Wait, you're going to a college?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I actually talked with one of my friends and was like, yo, did you learn this college? And he was like, yeah. And they managed to get a meeting with it, like a meeting with them. And they were like, well, you're really young and you know, we're not doing this, but we get your like place right now and let's do this. So I actually started to learn there and it was really it was really great for me to understand that the transition from bullying kid to like, you know, like older musicians and it will be just like in social way it will build me and show me how to communicate with people and how to like there is not everyone is bad as kids because kids are evil and i was really bad with this and then how did you get your music out there initially like internationally yeah like for example your spongebob remix. Yeah. like how did did you like research all the so, youtube channels or how did you i mean out? i will just like message those like everyone asked me how did you like meet with all those like with him and him how do you get your songs out here and here? And we just will go together because all those like big channels like Trap Nation, NCS, when we first like started to walk, they were really small. And we like we've been friends and we've never actually released any music together. And then you know by the time comes, we had like few releases and we really, like pumped the streaming wise mm -hmm. of my career. So it's really about that. But how the international how the international support came, well. It's never been local. I just never had a place when I just released music and people from my country fucked with me because nobody in my country cared about me. So it was obvious that for me it's like I'm doing that thing internationally. So it's always been targeted to this place. Like not LA but you know outside of Israel. And obviously that like by the time passed I've started to gain a lot of like Israel fan base. And following, but it's just like later on after I already like played shows mm. and got my name out there. And you also had a video that went viral on Facebook, right? I watched Which one? it. Oh no, oh, like yeah, the one like, of the interview. Right, so, so it was like a TV thing. Uh, so this guy reached to me and was like, yo, I'm from this big channel and I want to do it, like, you know, the commentary about you. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you're from this channel because it's a really big, it was a really big deal back in time it was like the second biggest channel in Israel so everyone would watch it it was like the prime time news so it was really massive things and he was like kind of like young and cool 
and he just really liked the music and he was like yeah let's do this and I was like seriously we're gonna do this and then it became serious and we just shot it for like shoot it for two months like here and there and do that and do that and then I had to like go to a tour in Canada and Europe and then I came back and we finished it and they will just like keep it and not do anything with that and one day there was a really bad thing about Tourette syndrome so a really like big celebrity in Israel made fun oh, of that on that, TV yeah. yeah and like they were like oh my god like, and at the same day they were like all right so we, we have the interview we have the commentary out tomorrow and I'm like what the you know like, yeah. tomorrow <laughs> it was already like, kind of like old and I've changed but I was like it's all good it's good exposure and like it, it wasn't bad it was all like good meaning yeah. and stuff so I was like all right I'm good with that yeah. so they will release that and that would blow up so big in my in Israel that I had to like come back you know they came to my place just like shoot a bit part two for that because it's just like everyone would watch it and be motivated and like you know be like oh this is like the next thing and we are so proud of him and it's really nice becoming from someone that like people in my country knew about me <laughs> because I've had some like small press and like side interview but the massive transition between that and like I, I remember like day after that so after that day I had like two weeks of interviews every day like radio paper news news like all everything and my schedule would be like that and I went down for the first time like after the after the, the like after the TV thing and I would see all the cows just stop and doing like this for me I will be like what the fuck is this for me and people just like you know put their head like out and like oh I got like someone actually went out of the car and was like I gotta shake your hand and they will just like do like you know like whisper for me and I'll be like I don't deserve that you know just make music and but they really got emotional of my story kind of you know getting my life together and succeeding at something like that after having such a struggle and it was such a struggle so mm -hmm. and Literally. you also mentioned that you be that you lost 135 pounds yeah. Whoa. So it's like 100, 155 pounds. Oh my gosh. So, so yeah, what, you, you what can actually see, show them the stretch marks. Whoa. Yeah, I'm a tiger whale. Well, what so, made you decide that you, or how, what the, <laughs> so the thing is like, change? well, I've changed everything in my life kind yeah. of, because I, I realized that I need to become independent and really start taking care of myself. After like around the time I left school, and I will just try, like in the past, I will just try to lose weight in any way, like mm -hmm. any way that's possible, but it never worked. And then, like everyone will just bother me, like, you know, all the close people, like, you gotta lose weight. And like, I, I did have to, like, I had, it was really bad and they will just be like, you gotta lose weight. And some people will like treat me like I'm not the person, I'm just like, wait, I'm a monster. I, I really felt like it. People will not take me seriously just because I would be really big and like, you know, I don't know how people, what people thought about me, but it was like that. So when I had this take two in Europe and Canada in 2016, at the end of the year, everyone just would be really supportive about it because, you know, if, yeah, he's fat, but he's also doing this thing now. Mm -hmm. So people would like appreciate me and support me. And I felt like for the first time, that, you know, someone accept me and appreciate what I do. So I just went on tour. I came back one month in health after that. And suddenly I just lost a lot of weight. Oh, what tips a do you lot. have or how did you do that? Well, for the weight in general, just like, 
I believe that the biggest change for me was mentally, mm -hmm. but I did stop with anything that's not water, so I only drink water. Only drink water. Oh my gosh. And the second thing for me is I started to cook my, for myself. That means I never like, I mean, I do it outside whenever I want, but I started to like really cook myself so I know what's the ingredients and I know what I put into my food and I stopped with processed food. Mm -hmm. So I can like eat anything, but I have to make it, even if it's like a pizza or stuff. So it actually really benefited me because now I cook really good. I went and bought like, you know, like all the equipment. So now I'm like, pro <laughs> no, seriously. I know, it's awesome. Yeah. And then how about exercise? What? Exercise. No? I didn't do any. Wow, I mean, 155 like, pounds just from diet change. That's cool. Yeah, and like everyone will like, oh, it was this surgery and stuff, and I never did that. So like even today, my stomach is kind of like, so I never get full. I can just eat and eat and eat and eat. I never get full. And I just realized what's the best for me to like stop. So it's a healthy amount of food, right? And it's okay because I'm not, I'm never hungry, but I'm never full. Mm -hmm. So I don't mind. Food for me became, I mean, it's good, but it's, it became a survival thing instead of emotional support kind mm -hmm. of. The, I was used to it. And I will understand it like, I will talk with people that do, does like drugs and drink alcohol and be like, you know, you just do that because you need like, you need something to stand, like something to, you know, to support you. And then I will realize that, you know, I'm doing the same thing with food. And I was like, I can't to tell people to not do drugs and not like drink alcohol and it's bad for them if I kill myself with like, you know, having those food behaviors and like this weight. So it stopped and I just started to like eat to survive kind of, but it's all good. I mean, I still lose weight always. I never stopped for like three years right now. And my body also like shape himself better with the dead skin because I have like a lot of it. And it sucks because I would always think like, oh, if I'm gonna lose weight, I'm gonna be so pretty and I'm gonna feel so good about myself. And I do feel good about myself, but that's because I realized that, you know, that skin or like some fat should not matter to me about how I feel about myself. Like, you know, it should not bother me. And also like, I believe that I'm really healthy right now. So my sleep is really constant and I breathe really good and my body is just really, really kick ass mm -hmm. yeah so it's about that what made you decide to drop sex from mm -hmm. sex wells your name? Uh, it sounded really cool when you told it so <laughs> I, basically i did the purity ring thing no i'm kidding <laughs> so um i actually had an ep called purity ring and like many people didn't realize what it was on but it's just like a meme that my manager had with like his friend and they're like so let's make this like first ep you put on the whales beauty ring and i was like hey, all right and like one of the tracks like the beauty ring track actually managed to get to ukf dubstep oh, so wow. it was like all right nice joke so why i just felt for the longest time and that's like a really good question because i get asked every day all time so people think that like around the time I changed to Wales. I also joined like a management and agency and people think that they forced me to change it because they need to be like friendly and professional. And that's not true. I wanted to change for a while, not just the like, you know, the name, but the way I act because I'm really honest as a human being. And I felt like really trying to satisfy people with a career and like, you know, all the social media stuff, all the like fake life. I would not connect to it in any way and I would feel sick. I would feel that like, you know, so there is revenue and I feel good about what I do and like, 
everything is all right, like supposed to be all right, but in some way I would feel so empty. And I would feel that like the passion I had like five years ago when I was just playing with music and it will be my therapy, I felt like I'm starting to lose it. So I started to talk with my manager right now, like the savant manager, and we will just talk about my brand and he will just ask me, so what's wrong? And I was like, basically, you know, everything is all right instead of the fact that I, I feel empty and I, I don't enjoy this anymore. And he was like, why? And we started to think about all the actions they do and how we treat my career, kind of. And we decided that it would be better to just change because I really wanted to. And I, I was like, yo, so like, let's just keep the whales and do something cool, like a space whales, <laughs> killer whales, like base whales, I don't know, something that looks good. And he was like, just whales, and I was like, are you crazy? Like people gonna search me and find yeah, I was like, a damn animal, you know, like, 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 are you crazy? And he was like, well, you know, like, they're gonna search whales and see in Wikipedia, whales animal, and the second will be whales a musician. And that's a really strong thing because it just motivates, people will be like, that's the worst thing. And I don't think like that because for me, it's a motivation to become so, put such a big impact on the scene, on people, that I can actually make it to the whale's size on mm. Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> and I also feel like, you know, people don't really care about the brand. Like, they care about the branding, but try to think about a solution to kind of like, how can I take this thing and make it work? And basically what I did was making the tag, like the whale's FM. So me and my manager will try to think about Everything will be taken, like Wales music, Wales like uh, Wales official, oh, yeah. all of those things. So he sent me this site that you can search for stuff, and I was like, oh, so there is the domain FM, which is like frequency modulation, I think, mm -hmm. and it's also like a radio thing, but it's also like just a music thing. And the domain Wales.fm was free, so I was like, wait, there's just like, you know, the social media gonna be Wales FM, and then there's oh. gonna be a site which is gonna be Wales.fm, which is the site right now is just like. We didn't update that for a while, but when things go, you know, higher and stuff like that, it's gonna be really cool because I want to create a community, mm -hmm. really like a tight community for all means, and it will be like a nice place. Also, like, I wanna have my own label in the future, you know, mm -hmm. when I sold myself out, because I constantly help people, and I have always did that. I will have like 5,000 followers, and I will make tracks with all of my friends, so everyone can like, you know, get some of my following. Mm -hmm. And the best way to do that is just like, walk my craft, became big and help all those like, really talented people that are trying to like, come out. Mm -hmm. yeah. Changing topics, but <laughs> yeah. what does love mean to you? What? What does love mean to you? Love means everything. Like, for me love is, is what keeps this world kind of running. Because there is so much of bad, you know, there is so many bad things in this world. And I would be so, like, depressed and, like, really sad all the time. Mm -hmm. And I would feel like nothing is bad and just being negative in general. And then I realized that the only way to survive, for me at least, is just to be positive. And it means just spread love and like good just spread good right to people mm -hmm. and love for me is like i love everyone because even those who hate me i will not hate them back i feel like it's not like the you know walk and like i'm i have law and stuff i just believe in good because 
if, even if I would not get any of that good back, I still did my best and like I would not do anyone what I not what I'm not wishing myself to like experience. So love is everything for me and it's really about that. I'm a really lovely person. I <laughs> I really love my friends and my family and my like obviously I love my audience more than like anything else. I would seriously do anything for the people that keeps me doing that thing. Because I've never imagined in my life to get to this point, right? Mm -hmm. I will dream about it, but never actually think that I can make it. I mean, I knew that I can, but it always felt so foul because, you know, the visa I had to do, oh, and yeah. like I was a minor and I, I had to do this and this and this, and like it will take so long. But then I made it, and you know, it, it's nothing about me, just about my audience and the people that made it happen. Yeah. So I, I it's all love for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love this. Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.